In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about surveillance. We've mentioned recently that we've been contacted by people that are taking on new careers as private investigators and bail bondsmen, and a lot of them have questions about surveillance, want to learn more. And I've mentioned there's a lot of books out there. While we have discussed this a little bit in the past, today we're going to focus on areas, calling them surveillance tips. These are little common mistakes people make for different reasons, and this will be really good for you to pay attention to when you're just getting started out for this in that new business and that new career field. And it's also good information for those of you that think you're going to be followed or maybe followed, maybe you got a stalker, somebody that's threatening you, a reason you think you're going to be followed. And these are things you can look for that most people will make the mistakes of because very few are trained professionals. So surveillance tips, that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Uh, surveillance. The art of being creepy, which is really what it is if you think about it. It's how to be creepy and not get caught, but do it legally. So do it when you're on the job. If you're going to practice any of this stuff, as I've always said before, make sure you're doing it with people that know you're doing it, like you're practicing or role-playing or having fun. I don't recommend ever doing this on random people without proper training because you're going to get caught and you're going to have that fun little creepy conversation. Then you're going to mention my podcast, and I'm going to have to talk to somebody, and that's not going to go well for any of us, so let's not do that. But the art of being creepy, as I call it, surveillance is creepy, especially when you get busted. The thing is, most people aren't trained professionals, and even the ones that have been trained have had minimal training. And most of you out there have contacted me don't have training, and you're looking to get into the business usually in private investigation or bail bonds, and you want to start doing some surveillance, even short-term for a matter of minutes or a couple hours or long-term over several days to track movements and patterns and see what people are doing. Or perhaps it's, if you're a bail bondsman, it's somebody you need to track their movements in order to make that apprehension. But there are little things that people do. One of the things to remember is there is essentially what I, I would, I describe as two types of surveillance, mobile and static Mobile means you're moving, so you could be on foot, you could be in a vehicle. Static is in one position for an extended period of time, which could be defined by minutes or hours or even days in some weird situations. Typically, most of you are going to be doing constantly back and forth between the two. One of the things to remember when you're using a vehicle, if possible, don't use your own. Only because if it gets spotted, it's not hard for somebody to run your plates and figure out who you are or to use your vehicle's description, especially if your vehicle is not that common in your area. One of the things I recommend if you are somebody who has the financial support to rent a vehicle, make sure you look up every given year what the most common vehicles are. Two of them that are always on there is typically the Honda Accord and the Toyota Camry, but there's also trucks, typically a half-ton truck such as Ford, Chevy, and Dodge are also very common. I think there's currently a Nissan on the list and some others, as well as common colors. Balance that information against wherever you're going to be doing your job to make sure that if the option is there, you can choose it in order to minimize being recognized, make it more common, and to understand that you're also protecting yourself by using that rental vehicle. When using a vehicle, you're probably going to park somewhere. You have to be cognizant of the fact that when you park in the same spot for too long, especially when you're sitting in the front seat. Now that isn't too uncommon in some situations. So for example, I notice a lot if I go to any type of shopping area, say it's a big store like a Home Depot or a Walmart or a Costco, maybe it's a mall of some type or an area with multiple stores and businesses, sometimes you'll see 
somebody sitting in that vehicle by themselves. The most common ones I see are either a kid, usually a young teenager, typically going to be in the passenger seat because their parent went in to do whatever for a little while. While it can last a while, typically it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 45 minutes. The other one I see is somebody we call older or elderly, also typically in the passenger seat. But sometimes you'll also see them in the driver's seat because the other person in the vehicle wanted to do some shopping. They didn't want to go in. Just remember that an average adult age person in their late teens that may look like they're in their 20s up to probably their 40s or 50s is not that common in a lot of places to be in a vehicle by themselves, especially in the front seat and more importantly in the driver's seat. It does happen though. You have to balance that against your area. The other thing too is you have to realize that if that's what you're doing, even if you don't get seen, if you repeat that and start to build a pattern at the next place you follow them to, increases the likelihood that their sixth sense, as we say, will pick up on that. The other thing to think about is, even if you are doing that, where are you parking in relation to that store? One of the things to remember, at least in the United States, is most of the time in places that have businesses or shopping centers that have multiples of them, you park one or two ways. One is you park in a way to where you're probably perpendicular or somewhat facing or directly away from a business. Those tend to be much smaller areas, so you probably don't want to be right in that parking lot unless you have to be. The other one is bigger parking lots tend to park parallel to the street in front of the businesses, either perfectly parallel or slightly angled. Remember that. Take note of where you park. So you park in a parking lot where you're going to be, we'll say, parallel to a business. Let's say you see the store that you realize they're going to go in or you think they're going to go in, or maybe you're just driving through the parking lot. You see them walk into this clothing store. You do a lap around your park and you consciously realize I'm parallel to the business. I'm facing the business, but I am two rows over, two rows to the left of the front door if you're facing the business. Make sure the next time you go somewhere, you don't park in that same general area. Even if it's a full parking lot, people get noticed when they're sitting in a car. The only way to really minimize that is to randomly locate your vehicle and also weather. When there's a lot of bright, shiny sun, like there is here in Arizona, you're a couple of rows away, especially if the sun is pointing more at you and not behind you. And the reflection off the glass can make it a little more difficult for the average person walking by to notice somebody's in the vehicle. So you got to take care of that. Are you staying in a place too long? Is it noticeable or normal for that situation? And then am I repeating the pattern of where I'm parking because you want to minimize that opportunity for that person to identify you. Another one to look for is what we call pacing. Pacing is starting and stopping when you're following a target. Now it's simpler to do accidentally when you're on foot. In a vehicle, there is some aspect to that, but if you're following somebody down a street, a lot of stoplights or stop signs, you're back a few vehicles, there's going to be a certain amount of pacing that's just normal, starting and stopping for that stop sign or that crosswalk or people getting caught at that red light. That's somewhat normal, but you don't want to do the things you see in movies where somebody's driving down the road, they pull over to business, car pulls over. A few minutes later, they get in the car, they pull out in traffic, you pull out in traffic. That's, that's a big no-no. You don't want to be doing that. But when you're pacing, one of the things we naturally do is if you're consciously choosing to follow a moving object, typically a person in this situation, if they slow down, you'll slow down. If they speed up, you'll speed up. If they stop, you stop. That's typically what people do, and you want to pay attention to that. You don't want to set that pattern. Number one, you're going to be noticed by other people, probably first, 
that are typically going to be behind you if there's a lot of people around. Number two, if there's almost nobody around or nobody but you and that other person, it's definitely more noticeable. The other thing is, what is the environment? If you're in the city in the middle of the day, walking down the street, there's a lot of noise, a lot of people walking, you'll be less noticeable. Late at night, not too many people out there, not a lot of sounds, depending on your environment. Footsteps carry a long way. People will pick up on the fact that they're being followed and that person is speeding up and slowing down. That is a very real thing that you want to be cognizant of so that you don't do it. With the driving portion of it, you just have to make sure that you're not driving erratically. You're not making quick, sudden movements. While that does happen sometimes, you know, the dog runs out in the road. Oh, this is the last turn I want to make. If you have to do that, you want to make it look like, because people are going to notice it, like you're lost or you're making a mistake or you're new to the area. Something that you would tie into those ideas. Like you're looking around, you're looking at your phone, you're trying to figure out where you are, but you don't want to make that a habit. So those erratic movements that stand out in a vehicle, that's going to be noticed. You need to definitely work on it with a vehicle because there's things people will do. Whether they know they're being followed or not, it's very common for people to go through yellow lights a little late or when it's red and you want to be careful trying to follow them through a yellow light too late or red light too late. You might end up losing that person. You need to be careful with that. That's a big no-no. The other thing is when you're signaling but you don't make it, that will stand out to plenty of people. It causes traffic to adjust to what you're doing and then you choose not to do it or you quickly get out of that turn lane because they got out of that turn lane you might get yourself busted. Another thing is when you're sitting in a vehicle, if you're going to use communication devices like a phone or a radio, you want to make sure that it's in a way where nobody can see you holding it and doing it. That stands out because unless you're in a semi-truck or you're in a place where a lot of people have CB radios where it would make sense, it will stand out when you're using like cameras or binoculars, technology and things that people can notice now, why some people do talk on a cell phone and hold it, the best time to do that is the times it would be natural. Most people now have Bluetooth in their car to where they're not actually holding their phone. Also, in a lot of places, that's a crime. So you want to make sure that if you are using a phone, that you're parked. And ideally, you want to do it when you're getting in the vehicle. So it looks like you're getting on the phone as you get in the vehicle. That's fairly normal. Another one is you stop in the vehicle you're parking, what do most people do? They're going to get out of the vehicle. They're going to grab something. They're going to grab that purse. They're going to look at a list really quick. That's the time to get on your phone and to make that call. And then while you're watching that target, let's say you're exiting the vehicle, that you choose to either exit the vehicle or drive away. Something that if they do notice you, it does look somewhat normal and doesn't stand too much. Another thing to look at is when you're maintaining the same distance from a target, even at varying speeds, when they're speeding up and slowing down, especially driving, that can stand out. That makes you more noticeable, even in heavy traffic, because most people don't pay attention as much as they should using their mirrors, but a lot of people do. And they might notice in that heavy traffic, you know, how often are they in that type of traffic? How used to, to that traffic are they? Sometimes they aren't. If they live in a small town and they got to drive in the city and it's heavy traffic, they might be paying a little more attention. That's normal. So if you're cutting in and out between lanes, even if you're signaling, that can stand out, especially if you're maintaining a constant distance. So you want to be careful about that, especially when they're speeding up and slowing down. And then you add in things like those stop signs, running through that stoplight, signaling and change your mind. People will pick that up subconsciously, even if they're not actively looking for it. So that you got to pay attention to. 
Another thing in vehicles people do subconsciously when they're following somebody is if the traffic's heavier, there's more vehicles or they're moving faster, they will tend to speed up and get a lot closer to that target. Then when the traffic lightens up, whether they're still moving fast or not and there's less traffic, they will back off. I notice that all the time. Now, granted, there's things about that that I'm trained to look for, but that's something I've always noticed, even long before I joined the military and got into this whole world. That's a very noticeable thing you want to pay attention to and be careful with. Other things that can happen is traffic circles or turnpikes. People will pause and watch a vehicle or get confused and not make that exit, or they'll do more than one lap which is also good if you think you're following. You can do a couple laps and see if somebody's following you. You want to be careful there. That's a big way to get caught. Now, these are all little things, but they are little common things people do. There are times that they make sense when somebody's confused, when driving, they're in a big city, an area they're not going to be in. But when you do that, other people take notice. What you don't want to get is burned, meaning found out. Most of the time, most of the people doing surveillance are not highly trained. And they think they get burned a lot, and they probably don't, at least not by their target. But think about the fact that you feel like you might have got burned. Assess that situation. Could it be that you did something that somebody else took notice of you that you picked up subconsciously? That should at least be a warning that you have made mistakes to draw attention to yourself, that if you don't pay attention to them, you could further draw attention to yourself and get burned actually by that target. So there's probably a reason you feel that way, but it may not be the actual target. So that's something to consider. Part of this is because when people are doing surveillance, you're trying to establish a pattern of life on the movement of this individual you're surveilling. But at the same time, you need to pay attention to the patterns you're setting and that you're doing in your activities. You got to pay attention to yourself as much as you pay attention to that target. If you don't, you're going to get caught and found out. What you don't want to do is be behaving in such a way in traffic or say parked in a vehicle, or out in public in a park, wherever, doing things that stand out noticeably, like obviously taking pictures of people, to where, yeah, you don't get burned by your target, but you feel like, oh, I might have been burned, no, not burned by the target, but you actually were, somebody else saw you, and then because of your behavior, they choose to report your activities. Then you're going to lose your target because you're going to get pulled over, security's going to show up, somebody's going to show up, you're going to have to interact, explain what you're doing, and you're really not only blowing what you're doing, blowing that operation on surveillance and possibly losing your target, you're in a bad way finding out that you've made some mistakes. And that's what you want to be careful of. If you're a person that's doing this professionally and you're going to be following somebody and you're going to go from mobile to static, especially on foot, in a vehicle, surveillance points, whatever you're going to be doing, most of you are going to be doing this alone. A lot of people don't have the funds or get funds by their clients to have multiple people doing surveillance. And it is better and more effective to have experienced or trained people doing it in teams there are things you consider if you need to get in and out of the vehicle and you realize that even if they don't consciously pick you up, there's always a possibility they can see you. You need to consider the fact of based on the vehicle you have, the height of the vehicle, how much could the average person walking right by your car see? Be aware of that so that if you have to get out of the vehicle, you can make it make sense. You have to put it together and how you're going to do it, that perhaps you can alter your appearance a little bit, whether or not you're wearing a hat or wearing sunglasses or maybe you take that coat off or put another coat on. Something to where when you're in the vehicle and then you choose to get out, you may, to the untrained eye, not looking for you, not put together the fact you're the guy that just got out of that car. That's something you can consider doing. But if you do that, you want to be careful of the fact 
that unless it makes sense, like you're putting on a hat and a coat because of bad weather, if it doesn't make sense for the environment and you start making those changes repetitively and you start going to the parking lot, following somebody all day, and you're constantly setting that pattern of, I make a change this way when I get out of the car, I make a change this way when I get into the car, people are going to pick that up and your target potentially will. So you have to do things cautiously and indiscriminately, but not set patterns yourself. You're trying to follow the pattern of this individual. You're following them for a specific reason on your job, whether it's that bail bondsman looking to make that arrest or follow a target to where you can make the arrest of the person you're looking for, or you've been hired by somebody and your client wants you to follow this person for all the reasons private investigators do it. You know, are they cheating on me? Are they doing this? Whatever it is, don't set those patterns. People that are doing bad things tend to be more aware of their surroundings. Most people don't do bad things enough or things that to them personally, they feel like they're bad or they're excited about it. So maybe you're following a spouse believes to be cheating. Most likely they're either going to feel bad what they're doing or they're going to feel excited about what they're doing and their sentences are heightened and they may notice things. If they're more excited and happy about this thing they're doing, that they're cheating, but it's kind of cool, they might pay a little less attention. If they feel bad about it or are concerned about who's going to figure out what they're doing, they'll be more aware of their situations and surroundings. So factor in the reasons why you're following this person automatically assume until you can establish otherwise they are paying more attention so that you don't just assume you're burned because they start looking around, pay attention to their activities. So, you know, you maintain proper distance and do the things you need to do to not get caught, but realize that that's a very real thing for people to behave differently based on their activities. If it's something they've been doing for a long time, they're probably more comfortable with it. If they're newer with whatever the activity is, or if it's an illegal activity, they're a little more apprehensive, might have some more adrenaline, might be calm and cool, but they are somewhat paying attention, even if they're not doing it consciously. The biggest mistake people make, and what I'd call minor league surveillance, I would consider this minor leagues because you're not a spy in a foreign country trying to stop a terrorist act, whether you're on one side or the other surveillance, is they forget to pay attention to themselves. In the world of espionage, in activities like this, you partial of what you're doing in your head is behaving in a way to make sure that while you're doing surveillance, always at least in the back of your mind, and the operation might dictate otherwise, or more specifically, you're behaving in a way as though you are also under surveillance or your target is at least aware they could be being followed or definitely are being followed, even if they don't know you're there. Keep that in the back of your mind. Go into it with the idea that that person knows that they will be followed or are being followed and are looking for them even if they're not sure it's you, even if they're not sure it's happening, that will help keep you safe and double check yourself all the time. Keep that in the back of your head. The other thing is for those of you that are in situations where you're concerned about being followed and you're concerned about your safety, just take all this stuff and look at it from the other side. Look for these mistakes. Look for things that stand out. Look for that person parked a certain way in a certain vehicle, especially when they're always in the driver's seat and look for them again. Follow that Ted principle it's, I've talked about it before, I think, on one of the previous podcasts, and it's very simple. It means time, environment, distance, and demeanor. The time is how long are you seeing them in one place? Are you seeing them at a different time of day? Did you notice this person before? The environment you're in, does it make sense for what they're doing, especially if you've seen them more than once? The other thing is the distance. What distance apart from the first time you saw them to the second time you saw them, does it make sense? 
you know, it's one thing to see a car when you're going cross country on a freeway, you know, you get off the freeway, you get gas, get a meal, you get back on the freeway. And at some point you think you see that car again, you probably did, but that's a long distance trip. Probably aren't following you smaller environments or congested cities, or perhaps walking through shopping malls while you can see people you've seen before, pay attention to them. Let your sixth sense kick in, fall that gut instinct just in case. The other thing is their demeanor. How are they behaving? So not only about how long have you seen them and maybe this one time, how long did you see them there? And then if you saw them a second time hours later, that's a bigger gap of time. What's the environment you're in? Does it make sense for them to be there? Does the behavior and activities make sense for what they're doing? What distance have they traveled to see them again? Factor all those things in. And remember that too when you're the person doing surveillance. If somebody was to identify you, how can you defeat these four factors to make sure you're doing everything you can to do the job you've been hired for without getting burned? And if you think you're being followed, just look at everything from the opposite coin. What mistakes are people going to make? Because most of these people are not lifelong trained professionals. There's plenty of them out there that are really, really good at it. But a lot of people that get into these businesses are new. They got to read books. They got to watch videos. Maybe they're listening to podcasts like this. They're talking to other professionals experienced in that field, trying to learn these different skills. Perhaps they find a training school. They can go learn some of this stuff, but that takes time to build up. You know, it's one thing if you get a cop who becomes a private investigator, especially then trained in surveillance, trained in these types of activities, done careers doing it. They're going to have a lot more experience than that guy who's, yeah, never did any of this before. Now I'm a private investigator, got my license. I've been doing this for a year. Make sure you understand the differences when you go looking to talk to people. If in the future I remember to sit down and look and try to find schools that train in things like surveillance and counter surveillance and I can somewhat vet them or find people who have gone to those courses to figure out the quality of their training, I'll definitely let you know. They do exist. They are out there. I have no idea who's doing them or what they're charging for them. More than likely, a good school is going to charge a lot of money. That doesn't mean because they charge a lot of money it's a good school. I'd just be more cautious with simpler, cheaper ones, unless it's real basic stuff a lot of people are going to that makes sense for your industry. No matter which side of the coin you're on, these surveillance tips will help keep you safe, will help you go unnoticed, will help you find that person that might be stalking you, or in that case, if somebody's surveilling you that's been hired by another party that you think they're doing something malicious, you can identify them and keep yourself safe. And if you're surveilling them, you can definitely do your job and make that client happy or make that apprehension as a male's bondsman without doing something that's going to get you caught. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back here again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.